Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. I am super excited for my guest today. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sarah Suk, the author of Made in Korea, which is a young adult rom-com about two teens that sell Korean beauty products at school. And I am super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. And we were just talking about it before you came on, how, uh, I don't want to say challenging, but how flexible we've been with this conversation because we've been trying and trying and trying. We finally have been able to meet online. Uh, Sarah, how are things going? Um, I always ask this question because you know, the world, I want to say it's getting better um, in regards to the vaccinations and people going out more and um, just like people starting to get what, what they need. But I also know that it's been very difficult. Um, so I always ask the question just to check in. How are things going with you, uh, with your family, uh, knowing that the world has been a little bit tricky to, to kind of cope with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like globally it's kind of been one thing after another to to deal with and to to grapple with um mentally emotionally physically all of that stuff the biggest thing physical challenge and mental challenge for me has been this huge heat wave that hit vancouver canada where i live uh this past weekend we had an enormous heat wave it was like record-breaking heat. Um, it went up to, I think, like 43 degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that is Fahrenheit, but 43 for us is like, it's kind of unheard of. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, I was literally melting. We don't have AC in our apartment. So <laughs> like ice pack on my body, just like trying to stay alive, delirious. I, I don't do well in that kind of heat. So I definitely... Mm-hmm a little bit the past few days but it finally got cooler like two days ago so i'm i'm feeling wow. <laughs> wow that is intense that is so intense or i'm assuming people were inside during that or but were people willing to go out in that okay. type of heat or like what did so, that look like i did go to a mall i did try to find refuge in a mall but like the air conditioner was kind of muggy inside. It was like packed full of people who were all super sweaty. Uh, So I think a lot of people were trying to find refuge there. And then the city kind of created cooling stations. So they set up like community centers where people could just chill out and hang out there for a bit. So I think most people found ways to stay chill. But I think, you know, my sister, she's like, I haven't left my apartment in four days. (laughs) And they just like, (laughs) inside so yeah I think it depends like if inside is hotter than outside or cooler than outside so I think yeah I I had to escape my apartment personally good good. others others found a way to stay cool inside I think good good and Sarah we have to talk about made in Korea because we just have to this is something (laughs) we have to do um can you please just share a little bit and you did it a little bit earlier um can you just give us a little rundown of what the book is about um how did it come about and yeah where can people find it yeah uh so made in korea is a young adult rom-com 
So these two teenagers are Valerie Kwan and Wes Young, and both of them are selling Korean beauty products at school to try to raise enough money to meet their goals. So Valerie's goal is to take her beloved grandma on a dream trip to Paris, while also trying to prove a thing or two to the rest of her family who don't quite believe in her as much. Uh, and then Wes is trying to raise money for his music school tuition because it's his dream to play the saxophone in music school after he graduates high school, but his parents don't approve that dream. So he's trying to fund himself. So they are selling things, going head to head, uh, but maybe possibly falling in love along the way. So that is the story of Made in Korea. It's available basically everywhere, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, your local indie perhaps or book depository all of those places um, and i think that how it started was really just this thought of i want to write about teens selling korean beauty products at school but i don't really know what else they do yet because <laughs> i have a really tricky time with plot um, most of the time like characters will come to me first and then i kind of have to figure out like what exactly do they do like what situations do they get up to here i wish i could just write characters sitting around a table and like talking for 300 pages <laughs> but that's not really that's not really exciting for other people to read i don't think so i had to figure out like okay what do they do with these beauty products why do they need it um what will this look like i think at one point i had even envisioned like a underground market at school and like everyone mm. sells like, secretly like they would be in band class and a kid would like pull stuff out of his tuba and like try to sell it in class but i decided to go with like a more school sanctioned business kind of avenue uh, so yeah it kind of fell into place little by little after that first initial idea i would say that's cool i love listening to writers and their kind of process of developing developing books and um so this is your first book am I correct you are it is my debut novel yeah so it's your what do they call it like your baby right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was definitely a lot of firsts with this one like first time um seeing my name on a book cover first time walking into a bookstore and like finding myself on the shelves uh, like first time having readers reach out to me and say like oh I like read your book I loved it like things like that it was just all these things that I had dreamed of for so long kind of happening, mm -hmm. like a lot of those first. And it's been really, um, I want to say like surreal, even though it's been, the book has now been out for about a month and a half. So it's definitely feeling more real, obviously, but still mm -hmm. like you know, pretty surreal that this is, this is happening. This is my it life. It is. It yeah. is. And hats off for you. I think I've had, I've talked to a number of debut authors throughout the pandemic and I, I just, I don't know how you, all of you have done it because um, everything has, for what it's worth, like a lot of things that you look forward to have been taken away. So you envision going to schools, you envision seeing people in person, going to bookstores, going to libraries in person. And that's like one of, one of the reasons I think at least why people write books is because they want to connect with people. <laughs> and one of those ways are sitting in front of people and actually talking to them. And that's kind of been stripped away a little bit through the pandemic. So hats off for you for just sticking it out for one. I know going through so many 
Zoom calls, Google chats, and YouTube, and all those like crazy things that you probably would have never even thought of having to spend so much time on, and then creating such a beautiful book for the world. So again, just such a, a hats off for you for sticking it out. And I do hope that with time you are given that opportunity to get into those bookstores, get into those libraries, because people also need to see you in person, because it's fun seeing you like this, but I know that in person, it's even even better for sure. For yeah, sure. I hope so. I, I hope I can meet more people in person too. Um, and yeah, I would say it's definitely been a little um, like a bummer, I guess I would say, to miss out on all of those things that you kind of hope for and that in-person inter interaction. But at the same time, I guess because I am a debut, I don't really know what I'm missing out on because I never have done the festivals. Or, yeah, I've never done it. So I guess in that way, I don't, I can't miss it because I've never done it. Although now mm -hmm. I think, you know, if I were to look at it in a more hopeful lens, um, while it is a bummer, I am glad that there's still all these firsts that I do get to experience now with mm -hmm. the next book or the book after that. So. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely hope that I can meet more people in person, though. I think that would be yeah. really And it's so interesting because I, I do think that, oddly enough, like this pandemic has opened our eyes to how easy it is to communicate with people because you probably have communicated with more people than you would have ever communicated with during this time <laughs> because you can be in so many different places within hours or minutes. Like you could literally be on a Zoom call now and then in two <laughs> minutes be like in Switzerland or... New Zealand or like Korea like it's so crazy to think about but the pandemic has really opened up a lot of avenues for people to be in lots of places at once so um, yeah I just hope that you get you get that if that's something you're you're into and I want to congratulate you again on such a, an amazing book um, I remember you posting something online about um, a special treat that you love to have and as soon as I saw it I remember looking at it in your book I had such a crazy connection because my wife and I love them so much. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Um, is it shaved ice? Close, kind of close, oh. but it's a sweet, it's a sweet. Oh, there's so many sweet frozen I that I love. That <laughs> 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 the possibilities here um, is some kind of popsicle, some kind of ice cream. It comes right. in a wrapper, it comes in a wrapper. Comes in a wrapper, oh my gosh. So something frozen, sweet. And I lots of different flavors, lots of different flavors. High chews? High chews, yes, yes. I, I am curious of your experience with them because for one, we love high chews so, like you have no idea. <laughs> oh we absolutely love high chews and we were introduced to them in Singapore and yeah, I think if no one, if you haven't, if you're out there and you're listening, you don't know what a haichu is, like just look it up online. And whenever you get the opportunity, like buy as many as you can. Talk <laughs> <laughs> up on them. <laughs> but can we talk not specifically just about haichus, but some of the sweets and things that you love that you share inside of your book? Yes, yes. Um, so, so haichus are not a frozen dessert because they're not. <laughs> Of my frozen desserts or most of the desserts that I gravitate towards are like cold um, I don't have surprisingly I will say I don't have a super sweet tooth 
so I don't really gravitate towards like a lot of like rich chocolates or caramels or things like that. But I love frozen things. So like shaved ice, ice cream, frozen yogurt. Um, and then I also love certain candies like Sour Patch Kids and obviously high chews. High chews are kind of like Starburst, I guess. Like the texture is kind of like that chewy, that chewy texture. It's kind of like gum, but you eat it, like you swallow it and everything. Comes in a bunch of different flavors. Um, and I ate a lot of them while I wrote Mating Career. <laughs> it's like a huge bag. And I just like eat them all the time. I was like, you know what? My main character is also going to eat these because I've eaten so many of them. I just feel like I need to like do some kind of homage to them because I'm consuming so many. Uh, so the main character in Mating Korea, Valerie Kwan, she has a like kind of like a mood or a state of mind for each flavor. So she eats strawberry when she needs to calm down. She eats mango when she like has to celebrate something. Um, so she kind of keeps them in her fanny pack and like always eats them. So yeah, I mean, it's just because I put it into the book because I love them. That's how it came I to me. But you said, I think you shared with me before when we were chatting that Singapore has like special flavors. Yeah, they have so like, I can't even, they have so many different kinds. I think what you, you mentioned specific kinds like um, mango, strawberry. I know there's like a lime flavor as well. Um, lime? I've yeah. never that one. Oh, there's like, you don't even know. You don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> okay, you're blowing my mind right now. That's <laughs> and, you, if, and if you know, and I'm assuming you do, like Singapore is, um, they're just, they have everything and then everything like, to the extreme like I, my example is always like my mom came um she came maybe three years ago my last year in Singapore and she gets off the plane and she's like Gary the bathroom in the airport is amazing I'm like what are you <laughs> saying oh my God. she's like it was so clean it also had a tv in it I was like what are you like yeah it's the airport is just a very small example even though it's like so big but it has like i think it has like its own like i don't want to say rainforest but like pretty close it has like it's just fun they do everything very grand and luxurious and all those things so i think they do that with their high shoes as well i think they just you know (laughs) luxury high shoes Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, you've been, um, we were born in Korea, I think you said, right? Uh, I was actually born in Vancouver, Canada. So, my parents. Oh, you're born in. Yeah, they immigrated in the, the 80s, I want to say. Okay. Late 70s, early 80s. And then my siblings and I were all born in Vancouver. But you lived in Korea at some point. Yes, yes. So, that is true. So I lived in Korea twice. Once in university, I went on exchange in Korea. Um, so I lived there during that time as a student. And then after I graduated university, I went to do an internship there again. Okay. An organization called Liberty in North Korea. Um, mm-hmm. So they're actually LA based and they work with resettling North Korean refugees in Seoul. Uh, so I worked in the Seoul office doing that work for a while. And then I moved back to Vancouver. Okay, because at first when you first mentioned that you had lived, when we talked before, you said you had mentioned that you had lived in yes. Korea. I just assumed right away that, oh, you were born in Korea and then 
you uh, spent the rest of your majority of your childhood in, in Vancouver. So I guess my question is, I'm so curious of a lot, both of those times, because going back to Korea, being a little bit older, um, I'm sure Korea is very different than Vancouver in different ways. Um, just I think Canada itself is just different than other parts of the world. Um, what was your life like growing up in Canada? Oh, growing up was, I think it was for the most part, like I had a pretty, pretty enjoyable childhood. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was pretty enjoyable. It was, it was interesting growing up because um, I think at the time when I was a kid, there weren't, there still weren't that many Korean people around. So it was interesting because, you know, at home I spoke Korean and like ate Korean food. Um, and like as a kid, I went to Korean school on Saturdays. Um, but then I would go to like my regular elementary school and no one would know like what Korea was. And they'd be like, oh, like, well, are you like Chinese? Are you Japanese? Like, what's Korea? Like, like, what is that? And people who did know about Korea, they'd be like, oh, are you from like North Korea? Like, is that where you're from? Uh -huh. so I think it was, it was strange in that way. Um, growing up because you know I did all the things that like my neighbors said we like went to the pool and like went to the library and borrowed books and all this uh, but it was a little different for sure because home life was so different than like school life or outside life um, but then growing up you know by mm -hmm. the time I hit high school mm -hmm. there were a lot more Korean people in the community uh, so I think that that was less of like a like a difference, I guess, in that way, because you know, there's more people, mm -hmm. more people know who, what Korea is now. So yeah, I think it was that. That was a little interesting, I would say, like feeling a bit of a uh, like this is home, but at the same time, so different than like my home home, if that makes sense. Of course, yeah, of yeah. course. And then what was it like going back to Korea? I think that that was. I mean, I loved. I really, really loved living in Korea both the times that I went. Um, it was, it was really cool to be able to connect with my family members there because I do have a lot of extended family still in Korea. So I loved having the opportunity to do that, particularly with my grandparents, who I never really got to have a relationship with growing up in Canada. So that was one thing. Aren't, aren't grandparents like the cutest people? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Just like making me sweet potatoes all the time. I'm like every time over it was really nice to like have that experience um and yeah so connect, connecting with family was really cool um I just love like exploring Korea getting to know the place like going to all the different like both the tourist places and also discovering like my own hidden things that I liked while I was living there um but I think at the same time weirdly it was like the same feeling growing up in Vancouver too where it's like you fit in but you also don't fit in like at all <laughs> so I think that was different because I look Korean and I can speak Korean um but it's pretty easy to tell I think when I'm there that I'm not from there like that I'm um like from another country or from outside because mm -hmm. yeah I don't know what it is I mean it could just be like my my style my you know, even the way I talk or the way I walk, the way I carry myself, it could be a lot of things, but there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of that too. Like you fit in, but you don't fit in. So mm -hmm. I think that was also an interesting experience that like as much as I loved it there and as much as I connected with Korea in ways that I couldn't in Canada, 
there's also ways that I connect with Vancouver and Canada more than I do with Korea. So I think mm -hmm. that was a, yeah, it was like an interesting experience too. And That's kind of cool. to define home as more so like pockets of places and moments, sure. people versus like entire landscapes because totally. yeah, totally. it's hard to do that, I think. It is, it is. And I think it's one of those things where you, home is like that's Vancouver is where you've made the most memory. So mm -hmm. you've made the most connection. So it's just natural that you feel more comfortable there. Like I love being abroad, but I never have felt as comfortable when I go home. Like I go home and I'm like, wow, this is so different. Like I literally... My wife always says, like, you turn into a different person when you go home. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> but it's true because, like, you're around people that you literally have, like, have seen and spent time with your entire life. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. So it changes everything. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And I think what I felt a lot about Korea was that it felt like home to me in the same feeling that going back to my parents' house feels like home. So it felt like that. Um mm. Whereas Vancouver feels like home in the way that it's like, I know it like the back of my hand. Like I know this city so well. And like, this is um, so much of me was formed here. So mm -hmm. I think both feel like home in very different ways, but I totally agree with what you said about different places, like bringing out different parts of you. I completely mm -hmm. agree with that. I think that's yeah. true. Yeah, and it's, and it's, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing, right, um, for you to, I think it's cool that you had an opportunity to go back and you decided to go because like you didn't have to do you didn't have to go at that no. time <laughs> right um so i think that's really cool um and i think taking those types of risks personally i believe can be so beneficial just in your journey in mm -hmm. growing as a person and um learning more about yourself and just you know being, I don't want to say it's risky, but like it's a little bit of a risk to step outside your comfort zone of being home um, really? and doing something different. So I just think that's so cool. I think a lot of people need to continue to hear that. And once the, I guess, the world opens back up again, hopefully kids are given that opportunity still to, to have those types of experiences because I think they're so, so important and can be so valuable. Mm -hmm. So, so valuable as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I think any kind of out of comfort zone and you know if you're able to like a different kind of cultural experience or just living in a totally different place than what you're used to is very transformative and such a great growing opportunity um mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, i'm really 100%. glad I had to do it for sure yeah good good sarah i'm not going to keep you any longer um i want to ask uh again just so everyone knows again where can we find your books um, online and where can we find you online yes so you can find me on twitter and instagram my handle is sarah heady Suk, which is s-a-r-a-h-a-e-l-i-s-u-k uh, and then also on my website sarahsuk.com s-a-r-a-h-s-u-k.com and then on my website it also lists everywhere that you can find my book made in korea but yeah, all the places that you can find books, Indigo, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, your local indie, um, you can probably find it there, but check out my website if you need a comprehensive list. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for hanging out today. This was so much fun. So much fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs>